All right, and I'm joined this week by a great guitarist from Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken, excuse me, Dan Lipperini, uh, whose new release comes out in a week and a half on uh, September 18th. Thanks for joining us today, man. Hey, Alan, thanks for having me. How does it how does it feel? I know we were chatting right before this, and it, and it kind of hit me that it, it comes out next Friday. I mean, I'm sure that has to be some form of a sigh of relief. When did you start this entire process? Yeah, um, I recorded uh, the record last August, late August, so over a year ago now. And uh, some of the oldest songs are from 2017, and some of the you know most recent songs on it were written you know a month or two before. Um, so it's been uh, it's been sort of a a year to three, I guess, in yeah. the making. Now. I know that this is your debut release as a leader. Uh, I'm sure you've done some other recording and whatnot. Did you, going into this, did you expect this long of a timeline? Because I think that that's always the thing that catches new um, artists and, and people that haven't like led their own session yet off guard. Like how long it really takes from the recording session to putting out a finished product. Sure. Well, I definitely wanted to uh, try a few new things uh, with this um, uh, that I hadn't done before, putting out a physical copy of it, um, you know, getting uh, a good friend of uh, a good friend of mine to, to design the album cover and work with the people that I wanted to work with. So I think the timeline was kind of dictated by that. And as well as the uh, start of, uh, you know, shutdown and COVID. And right. Yeah. That's that's cool. So your background, I mean you uh jazz guitarist obviously, so probably heavily influenced by guitar you could say. Where does that where does that come from for you? Because, you know, as a uh, as a jazz trumpet player and when you talk to saxophone players and everything like that, I think there is maybe a more um clear pathway of the instrumentalists that we are following, but guitar, you know, is so multi-genre obviously that you can take inspiration from great guitarists everywhere um you know whether that be like the bob dylans or the bb kings or, or whatnot so how did that kind of work for you with your inspiration and, and where you kind of chose to do uh i guess guitar if you will sure so i mean you know like like many uh guitar players uh many guitar players that play jazz you know i didn't start by doing that um and uh the the first the first band that uh got me into music and playing the guitar in general was actually ACDC uh which okay. pretty quickly uh led to you know figuring out that a lot of that was you know based in uh in the blues so that's how i found out about you know BB uh, King and you know through through people like you know Jimi Hendrix and ACDC um i think at first i was just looking for the uh greatest amount of guitar solos as possible um that was always my favorite part of the songs um and so that kind of naturally led to you know branching out into a few different styles of music and um playing in folk bands sort of taught me a lot about um you know different uh different uh you know different types of harmony and different types of you know what you could draw from the lyrics and that also was kind of a good primer for, uh, you know, starting to learn about 
jazz and, and appreciate standards as more than just, you know, a vehicle for improvisation that you just, you know, get through the head and, you know, right, get to right. the good stuff. So I think that a lot of that stuff sort of set me up, you know, really early on. Can't really say that I truly appreciated the lyrical content of ACDC right off the bat, but, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that I, you know, listened to through Dylan and Joni Mitchell and, uh, Joan Baez early on definitely, uh, definitely was pretty inspiring. So, um, you know, for you, how do you find that stuff in your music now today? Because, you know, again, like looking at it from my perspective as a trumpet player, you know, you'll, you'll improvise and you'll play things and then people, or you'll listen to even other trumpet players do it. And you'll be like, Oh, that's a, like a Clifford Brownism or, or whatnot. And like, obviously I'm sure you have those things for, um, jazz guitar, uh, people that you've probably transcribed and everything, but do you find what you've taken from BB King or Jimi Hendrix or ACDC or whatnot in your playing? And in which way do you think that you do? Yeah. Um, let me think for a second. So, yeah, I think that, uh, first I would find, uh, elements of that, in my writing, um, I think that that was the first place I would sort of feel, you know, the folkier or rootsier influences coming out. And um, for a while, they were different. I would write jazz tunes and I would write folk tunes. And right. For a while, I was writing, you know, sort of like John Fahey inspired folky music. And then I was writing bop heads, you know, what I was listening to and learning about in, in music school. And I guess I didn't really like know that I was allowed to do them together, mm -hmm. quote unquote, yeah. uh, until I, you know, started listening to, uh, people with that in their music. Like, I think probably a very obvious example would be Bill Frizzell, um, Jim Hall, definitely to, a to a, a certain extent. And, uh, and more recently, Julian Lodge, um, were three guitar players that sort of opened that up for me. Um, hearing uh, Brian Bra uh, Brian Blades Fellowship Band, right, uh, with, right, with uh, you know all of that fantastic, really open writing, um, kind of kind of blew my mind. I remember hearing them. I don't I don't know exactly when for the first time in early two thousands at the Newport Jazz Festival, and just never heard anything like that. Um, and of course, Kurt Rosenwinkel played guitar in that band. So kind of was mind blowing to find that you could write like that and um, in a jazz context and play, you know, with people, you know, play that music with people that was just all music instead of being this thing that you would split up by by genre. Right. Um, was yeah, that I, difficult for you? Uh. Sorry, could you? Could yeah, you was that, that like difficult to blend genres? Because I think even when we go through like academia in in a mm -hmm. jazz setting, you know, there's so much even um, splitting inside of that to some extent. You know, you like your your Louis Armstrong and your Sidney Bechet and like the early stuff, and then you got your Bop stuff, and then you got like the hard Bob neo soul vibe, and then like modern. You know, and like we don't even intend to necessarily split that, but I feel like sometimes it's so difficult you know, maybe because we're uh, so protective over like jazz in this like traditional setting or, or whatnot, but like 
it's difficult sometimes for people to blend those genres and not feel like they're uh, uh, cheating the system or something. So like, was that difficult for you to finally get to that realization that like, it was cool, you know, to do the whole folk and jazz influence stuff? Sure. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that for a while I felt, um, I felt like they were, they, they were existing in two different parts of, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, and I couldn't really reconcile the two of them for, for a little while. Um, you know, never, never going to be finished learning, uh, with, you know, I'm never going to be finished learning about any type of music. Definitely not jazz. Definitely not, you know, any of the music I love. I think that it's going to be like a lifelong thing. So I, it did, it did sort of feel, uh, you know, like I was maybe doing a disservice to what I felt like I should be doing by not being totally authentic. Uh, but I think that that's the most authentic thing you can do is to not be caught up in, you know, what you're calling it or what it is. Cause I don't think that, I don't think that those guys were ever caught up in what it was. Right. 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 Name wise. No, I mean, that's, I think that's so true because we definitely, um, we get so caught up in like titles. And I think that that's kind of, you know, perpetuated by marketing and everything and trying to feel like, um, you, you have some sort of like identity as an artist, if you will. Mm. But then you talk to all these people you know, like a Brian Blade or, or a Christian McBride and whatnot. And first off, like their influences of music is so widely spread over all of these genres and all of these great stuff that it really kind of goes back to, um, gosh, I think that quote was by Duke Ellington. Like there's good music. I mean, there's other music, you know, like there really is no mm. one right way you have to lock yourself into or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you, you know, I think you can try. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the best, your whatever, what's going to come out of you is going to be the, it's, you're only going to get the best stuff if you just leave all the rest of it at the door. Right. I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't play any of those songs that I, you know, wrote in college, uh, anymore. It was a little while ago, but, you know, I just don't, I just don't identify with them anymore because I think that they were trying to, they served a purpose. You know, I was, you know, I, I kind of see them now as a, a educational tool, sure. you know, writing a certain way with this in mind. But it wasn't, you know, my my I don't feel like my identity was in them as much as um, it has been in the music I've been writing in the last three or four years. So with this album, uh, Tessellations, you know, um, what... Like, how would you say it's pieced together for you? You know, and I mean that in the sense that some people release albums and it's it's a collection of standards. And then other people, there's a a, a core theme, if not, if uh, I guess, to, to the entire album. You know, so like, to you, what is this album I encompassing? Sure. So I think that this, uh, this is sort of uh, representative of uh, like the tapestry of uh, the music that... Um, yeah, I inspires me and that I've, that I like to, that I, how I, you know, view my musical identity, I guess. Right. Um, so it's, it's got a couple of, you know, different sounding, you know, themes throughout, but 
I think that there's uh, something that ties them together. And uh, I think that that gave the song name Tessellations sort of a second meaning for um, how things could fit together and uh, sort of, you know, show the evolution of, you know, how one sound could, you know, blend with the rest. Got a song on there that you could probably call it the most straight ahead um, called <laughs> Booze Blues. And, yeah. uh, and then, you know, something more, and I guess you would maybe call it, you know, rock or fusion category called Convergence 9-4, you know, play a distorted guitar on it. So, you know, I think that those things are, you know, definitely connected through the blues, through jazz, through folk music. I think that they all have some, some element of that in there. Now, you know, looking back on this, because we talk about we recorded this uh, a year ago, give or take, mm -hmm. you know, how do you feel that your um, playing or writing like is now looking back on it? Do you feel like you're already transitioning again from that point or do you still feel like um, this was a good representation of where it was at that time or, or what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that um I think that my playing and my writing has changed quite a bit since then. Uh there's certain things I don't think I'll ever be able to shake, you know, from the playing right. or the writing, you know, side of things. Um but and I don't know if I want to shake them, but <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to, you know, be really good friends with each member of the band, uh Jen Allen, Matt Dwanzik, Eric Hallenbeck on piano, bass and drums respectively. So uh, you know, in these last uh, three or four weeks, we've gotten together for the first time, the four of us in a while, and we've played some of the songs um, for the first time in a while. And they definitely take a new direction each time. Uh, so I feel really fortunate to actually kind of, you know, we have some, uh, I guess if it was a, if it was an experiment, we have some variables that stay the same. So if it's all the four of us and we still we can still hear the songs, you know, moving around into some new places. I think that, you know, shows that, you know, I think we're all still, you know, evolving and, um, you know, figuring out how to play around these, you know, types of sounds. But right, um, yeah, and I've been I've been spending a lot more time writing this year. I've had a lot more time to write this year. Right, That's right. No surprise. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been sort of trying to set out, you know, a certain amount of time each time I sit down with the instrument, just let that be the writing time, see what happens. Sometimes something happens and sometimes nothing happens, but I've been very, very happy with what's been coming out this year. I feel like it fits in with a lot of the record. Um, I feel like it also kind of sort of moves it along to, I guess, the next step whatever that is right do you um you know kind of like a spin on it rather than talking about the musical content with this being the first um full production album let's say you know as your debut release what did you learn from it from like the other aspect like the business side and what are some things that maybe you know if you had to give advice to someone that hasn't done this before you might tweak or do a little differently or maybe something that like you did and you're like wow this actually worked out really well because i think 
um, at least from my perspective, when we do these recording projects, there's always that like one or two things where next time it's going to be, wow, I'm going to do this differently, you know, and this will definitely mm. be less of a headache to do it like this or, or, or something like that. Because I think, um, so often we put like this pressure on ourselves for, for the playing aspect of it and, and how that's going to show up. And that's obviously so important. But it's so uh, easy sometimes to forget, like, the logistical side of it in just organizing a session, if you will, and then everything post-session. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So I, I guess I'll start with the things that I uh, did like about okay. what I did. Um, and I guess, first of all, uh, picking the right people, I think, um, was an essential thing. Like I said before, fortunate that these musicians are also good friends of mine and uh, but more, you know, more than just, you know, getting to play with your friends. It's, you know, sort of a, about choosing people to play with that if you're playing original music, especially they're going to really, you know, have the, you know, like the the integrity to put the time in with with your music, you know, because that's like it's not really something you can always quantify in terms of you know if i pay you this much will you learn all of my music well you know sure. it's it's sort of like just a characteristic that people have and uh so all three of these people not only are tremendous musicians and not only put in the time to learn it but i think they really you know brought a unique spin to each of their uh parts that i don't think that you know I don't think that would have been there otherwise. Um, I couldn't have written, you know, every little detail of it that well. Um, so yeah, choosing, uh, the musicians well. Um, and I think the studio makes a huge difference too. Um, I was really fortunate to record with another friend of mine named Andrew Odell. He runs a fantastic studio out of, uh, West Springfield called ghost hit recording company. And, uh, it's, beautiful old church and he is excellent engineer and he did all the mixing and mastering as well. And he just also is, you know, one of those people who has the unique talent to, you know, give his input when needed and really just, you know, added a lot to, to things that way. And so I think those, those two were great and just giving the band the music far enough ahead of time. Yeah to, you know, give everybody the best, you know, to actually shed the music. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing anything in, you know, 23, eight or anything like that, but, <laughs> you know, just, you know, you set up, set yourself up for the, for the best possible outcome. And, um, and then you can, you know, worry about the playing and stuff. So that's right. Right. You know, the, uh, yeah. And then just, I guess just, uh, you know, something that I've, still learning is just to like you know you got to be in good shape musically i guess you know so just you know even if you're not practicing eight hours a day just you know make sure that you're playing with people a lot before you go into a recording session where you're going to record yourself playing with people um and i still make that mistake sometimes but um yeah i guess those were the things that i think that i did well sure or you know good at least but um, and yeah, I guess, um, it was really like, uh, you know, the, I think, I think musically I'm always going to wish that I played better when I listened to, when I listened back to recordings of myself, 
So other than just wishing that I played better, um, practice more, uh, I guess, I guess that I, I think I had like a little bit of an instinct to like tinker with a couple of things after, which I wish I wish I hadn't done. Okay. Um, you know, not to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there's, there's one track that I tinkered with a little bit and I was like, ah, I just kind of wish I wish I left it alone. Um, I mean, but that's you know, so easy to do to over edit something or, yeah. or whatever, you know, everyone, everyone battles that that's no, I, mean, I don't yeah. know anybody that actually goes back and listens to themselves and like, wow, I sound great. You know, they, yeah. everyone's always <laughs> just like, wow, I should have done that again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you know, it's tough to, you know, I'm glad that again, I think that, you know, the band, was honest with me about it and and Andrew engineer was honest with me about it and they were pretty they were pretty encouraging to you know leave it as is don't edit it but there was there was one track I felt like yeah I want to double track the guitar on this and I was just listening back to it I'm like ah I wish I didn't double track the guitar hmm. but that's it that's but and it's like you know it's it's not like nails on the chalkboard or right, anything like right. that I can I can listen to it just fine <laughs> You know, looking back, um, so you did not have someone that was a uh, a formal producer for this album, right? No, I yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess Andrew could have been, you know, called a producer. Yeah. I guess I could have also called uh, bassist Matt Dwanzik a producer, um, just from our interactions, you know, we, we went to, you know, we were the same year at the Hart School of Music. And ever since then, you know, we've been showing each other tunes. And, you know, I've been getting ideas from him about stuff. And, you know, he would, you know, we would bounce ideas off of each other. And I definitely bounced a bunch of ideas off of him about the, you know, writing stuff. And with Andrew, the engineer, I guess we talked about like different keyboards we could use sure. and we we put a mic on the guitar which I am a big fan of the sound of um from again Jim Hall and you know so many great guitar players that do that um yeah so I mean I guess we could kind of call them producers but I just didn't feel like that there was a there was a credit for that yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. you know looking uh you know looking back on that experience right and then looking forward um, because I feel like the, the role of a producer, at least to my understanding is, is a little different in our world than it might be in, in pop, you know, in pop, like, I think they're often mm -hmm. credited for, for creating a lot of the tracks and everything. Um, but for, in, in our world, I've kind of always thought of it as maybe that person that is a, that you kind of have to put your trust in on the day of the recording session so that you can focus on like just playing and let them decide you know, takes and give their input as needed. Do you think that is something that um you would entertain, you know, finding that somebody, you know, maybe that is not playing on the record or, you know, it's just on a track or one or something that is there to basically give you your, uh, your advice. Uh, Cause it, it's interesting. I think some people struggle with the, the idea of it because they're afraid of giving up like too much creative control. But then other people love it because then they can they can ha put that faith in that person and then just on the day focus on playing. You know, they don't have to worry about the timing of how long the session's going. They don't have to worry about necessarily which is how many takes should I do of what. You know, it's just at that day they show up, they play, they get in that mindset and then they can deal with all that stuff afterwards. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely, uh, definitely strongly consider, uh, using a producer at some point in the future. Um, yeah, there is an idea of, you know, at, you know, what you're giving up to, uh, work with somebody in that capacity. Um, but I feel like with the right fit, it could be fantastic because I think that's a bunch of the, a bunch of the stuff that I don't want to be super concerned with. Um, and I think that's, you know, your mind, your, your mental state can kind of hang up the session, you know, um, pretty badly if you let it. So if you're, you're spreading yourself too thin and you're worrying about this or that, yeah, it's, uh, it can be, it can be tricky. So like I said, I definitely appreciated having, you know, people that I was close with involved in the session. So, you know, there was a lot of trust there and, uh, you know, so I couldn't see the harm in having, you know, an additional person who's not playing an instrument or running the board being there for that role only. Right. right. So, you know, we, we got this release coming out uh, a week from Friday, but as we've mm-hmm. kind of talked about, I'm sure um, your life has changed since February. You know, there's no uh, gigs happening, at least at the fruition that they once were. So what have you been doing to stay productive and stay busy and stay creative and sane <laughs> during all of these COVID times? Sure. So. I guess I'll go, uh, I'll go chronologically backwards because I want to start by, uh, saying that the Hartford Jazz Society has been putting on a series of concerts throughout the summer, um, in lieu of the Paul Brown Monday Night Jazz series, which has been going on for years and years now. Um, and I was fortunate enough to play one of those. These have been live streamed concerts, um, you know, to replace the ones that were supposed to happen during the summer. And they're continuing to do a monthly series in the fall. And I'm very happy and honored to be doing the first one of the ones in the fall with uh, my band. Um, everybody on the record, except for my good friend, Matt Dwanzik, uh broke his collarbone oh, wow. last week. Uh, yeah, so it's very, very bummed to hear that. But he'll be replaced with another good friend of mine, uh, Alex Tremblay. And... Uh, We'll be live streaming from the Hartford Jazz Society's Facebook page um, from 7 to 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we'll be playing uh, a few songs for the record and uh, some of my favorite standards and, what day and is that a couple again? of new songs that I've been working on. That's uh, Monday, September okay, cool. 14th. And uh, so I'm very excited to be doing that. Um and they do a fantastic job. They have a great setup. Um, the library at the Central at Middletown, um, beautiful audio and video. So they'll make <laughs> us look great and sound great. Um, so I'm very grateful to be doing that. Um, working backwards from there. Um, I've been, as I mentioned earlier, uh, recording some, uh, like, uh, live sessions at, a local studio in Hartford uh, called Parkville Sounds um, run by my friend Steve Cusano. And again, songs from the record um, in both quartet and trio format, as well as some new songs. So I'm going to be releasing those, um, you know, in the months following the album's release, um, as well as, you know, through the through the new year. We'll see how I can hold off and pace those out. But... Um, so I've been doing that. I've been 
teaching still remotely. I've been fortunate to hang on to some students. And, uh, you know, since people have been getting out there a little bit more, I've been, um, I've been busking, street performing in, uh, in a couple of different places around Hartford and West Hartford, um, which has been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, everybody's taking it pretty seriously around here and keeping their distance. And so, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if I have a chance to do that for another, another month or so until it gets too right, cold, right, right. I'm going to keep that up <laughs> and then we'll see from there. Um, oh, and then earlier this year, I was working with a, a friend of mine who, uh, has mostly done documentaries in the past, but he's also worked with some live, uh, videos for musicians before. Um, a friend of mine, Charlie Weber and I, uh, we've been making, uh, short, uh, videos. And I've been writing music for those videos. Um, so they're anywhere from like a minute to two and a half minutes. Um, and those are all on my Instagram, uh, at Dan Liberini. And, uh, yeah, so we've done five so far. And once the weather is a little less nice and we're pooped up again, we'll think we're going to do another right. five and see where it goes from there. Um, so that's been Man, that's, really fun creative. That's album. always good. I think it's, uh, it's so interesting to try and stay creative with all of this because like the, the entire essence of what we do involves people. <laughs> and then at this point they're like, now no people. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been really nice, you know, a, a, a nice bonus of the busking aside from, you know, having a little extra bread is, uh, people, you know, will stop and talk you know, in between songs and just say, it's so great to hear live music again. You know, it's, you know, as, as much as I miss it and I, I forget that some people are, you know, they don't play music, you know, probably miss it just as much, if not more, because they don't, you know, have any friends that play, you know, I've now for, you know, two, two or three months, two months, I've been meeting up with people in the park to play. So I've been able to like actually play music with people, you know, from a distance. Uh, but, I miss that a lot. So I could only imagine, you know, the average listener as, as well right, as, right. you know, is missing well, Dan, a lot. uh, man, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us today. Like I said, guys, uh, his release comes out a week and a half from today, next Friday, uh, September 18th. That is tessellations. I mean, it'll be, I'm sure on your website, on social media with everything, all the DSP, Spotify, Apple music, Deezer, uh, a title, YouTube music, you know, wherever you guys want to find it. And on Amazon. Um, and then where's your, your where's your website? Because I'm sure you'll be doing autographed copies or something through that. Yeah, um, my website and through Bandcamp.com. Uh, uh, my website is DanLipperini.com, and I'm on Bandcamp as Dan Lipperini. Um, and you can uh, I, I'll be selling signed copies through there as well as you know amazon and all of the other places you just mentioned great so uh yeah thanks again and uh we'll catch you guys soon 